Want to do a quick commercial here for our friends at Daxco. That is D-A-X-K-O. Owners of Club Automation, CSI Spectrum, MotionSoft, BFP Next. These software platforms go beyond the current club software and provide best-in-breed solutions to the Halo sector. They wake up every day. They're thinking about your fitness community. They're trying to enhance your member experiences, the facility, easy-to-use software for the staff. If you're looking to change your software, if you're looking to get ahead, if you're looking to get to the next level in the Halo sector and win, do me a favor. Go to info.clubautomation.com forward slash the experience. That is forward slash the experience. Pete Moore, Petey Mo, checking out. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks. I have the pleasure of bringing in from Texas, Alex, coming in from Cultivate Advisors. If you don't know about him and his firm, you are going to learn what they do, how they can help you exponentially build your business, potentially save your business and uh, put you in strategic growth mode. So Alex, uh, we had a good conversation originally. So welcome to your first Halo Talks. Uh, thank you so much. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Awesome. So why don't you start off, give your background and kind of, you know, take us through the trajectory that got you here to be, you know, an advisor and not, you know, a business builder on your own. Certainly. Yeah. I, uh, I started my professional career in institutional finance, investment banking, risk analysis. I uh, found there was too much red tape, kicked out, went in a different direction, explored health and fitness as a field, ended up uh, doing business planning for a large corporate owned top down organization. Uh, felt like I wanted to break out further. I wanted more freedom and autonomy. So I went fully entrepreneurial. Uh, buying my first of three gyms at that point, did the the solopreneur small business thing. Still do it today. In the midst of that, I re-entered the financing world. I uh, I got into private equity and then franchise space, which was the culmination. And after I moved away from that type of implement, again all top-down type of businesses. I thought I was going to be an entrepreneur forever, but I was reached out mm -hmm. to by, uh, by Cultivate. And they, we only hire people who have 10 plus years of business ownership experience to be advisors because we want to come from a place of practical application as well as theoretical application. So I found a sweet spot for myself. That's great. So, you know, when you take a look at, you know, I don't think people fully appreciate the benefits of going through investment banking and private equity and the ability to see so many different companies and business models and kind of look at an Excel sheet and then look, you know, what's, what's really going to happen. Talk about kind of how you kind of morphed yourself into and got better at, at helping businesses because, you know, here's your projection model. And let me tell you like how this is really going to play out. Yeah. The, the phrase I like to use is peeking around corners, right? And in, in any type uh -huh. of advisory position. And that could be outside of business, by the way, right? That could be doctors do pattern recognition all the time, right? And they've honed their pattern recognition skills over scales of disease and patients and uh, so forth. The same thing applies. The broader your perspective is, 
the better you will be able to form commonality and pattern recognition skills around that. So saying, hey, I've seen how the big boys play. I've seen how the little ones play. I've seen how the winners, the losers, various intentionalities have have walked these notions out. I can say, oh, A, B, and C common factors. This is what I think is likely. What are we doing to address these problems? How can we quote unquote peek around these corners? So when you get involved in certain companies, you know, and I find this, you know, in our business and we're looking at certain KPIs, you know, I, I look at the health club chain, I'll look at like square feet per member, you know, I'll say, okay, look, you got a lot of capacity and then I'll go look at their, you know, marketing line and I'll say, you know, aha, you know, not that much of a mystery, but like you don't spend enough on money on, you know, having the door swing open. Um, a lot of companies who are entrepreneurial, you know, might need some capital to, to pull that off. So how do you kind of go into companies and say, Hey, look, this is what you need to do. Either got to, you know, rebalance how much money you're spending in certain areas or just trust me, like you might go light on corporate overhead and you got to put that money into marketing and you know, that, that trust me moment where it's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, not just take this guy's PowerPoint and, you know, like some nice zoom calls and, you know, some visits, but like this guy has a blueprint and I'm going to go down this line. So how do you think through that? And how does that kind of evolve? Obviously every deal is different. Totally. Yeah. And the big thing, the common act, common factor is quantification, right? Differing industries, owners and executives, scales, values, mission, vision, values. Those all are, are very real and there's tremendous variance. But one of the common factors is that you can quantify any business and you should. And so few people do. So at point of entry, that's the first couple of hours that I spend with anybody, whether they are a prospect, a solopreneur, a CEO, and so forth, right? What are the inputs? What are the outcomes? How do we track trends, seasonality, averages? How does this same trend scale? Can we 10x this? Or are we going to implode? When do we have to worry about capacity and growth interacting? Uh, and so forth. And so to answer your question, what I like to do is ground all of these bigger ethereal notions of what a business is in numbers, in data and say, okay, does the multiplication, does the addition, does the subtraction, does the, you know, does the exponential yeah, sure. factors, do all that line up to accomplish the actual goals. And then to your point, the aha moments come where, oh, here's a gap between those two. How are we going to solve it? Are we going to spend more marketing dollars? Are we going to hire somebody internal, outsource, et cetera? So when you look at companies, and, and this is something that, you know, I get across to a lot of people, unfortunately, it's, you know, kind of a dose of cold water uh, on them. You know, they might have like 10 clubs or they might have, you know, five studios. And, you know, I ask them, I've said this many times, you know, which one's the prototype or which one are you most proud of or which one's like has the special sauce? And they're like, the 11th one will be that one. Um, and I'm like, well, why don't you, you know, get out of these leases or, you know, maybe going backwards might be the, the path forward. How have you seen that? And, and how have you kind of, you know, talked to entrepreneurs, you know, out of like, let's grow from here. Let, why don't we back up and figure out like what this business means? What's the DNA of it? You know, how have you approached those types of situations? Uh, definitely. Yeah. There's a, there's a story in one of my favorite books and it's about, and God bless these people. It's about some firefighters out in the California wildfires. And there was a, there was a tale about who survived and who didn't of the firefighters who were dropped in to, you know, do some really intensive firefighting. And there were these well-trained individuals 
that got overtaken on foot by fire because they wouldn't put down their saw, right? They were running and they couldn't run with their saw fast enough. And the moral of the story is it, even if you're trained in a tool and even if you think that tool is your lifetime or lifeline, it's a good number of instances where you got you got to drop your tools and run like you got to go pick up new ones and that that's kind of what that's a that's a representation of how i communicate these things like we need to through that quantification process figure out what is dead weight is there a ceiling somewhere that we keep bumping ourselves into if yes we got to shed that and you know to your point the which one which one's the prototype the next one right. uh if that's the case then you can't hang on to all of them forever. You have to be agile enough to pick up the backlink in the chain as well and move. So, you know, with Cultivate or, or with your, you know, practice specifically, talk to, some, talk to us about how an engagement starts. You know, obviously you need some time for, you know, quote unquote discovery. I need some time on the ground. People probably have to have access. You have to have access to, you know, more than just the CEO because, you know, you're getting one perspective. So how do you kind of go in there and do like a full court press mm -hmm. um, and then kind of digest that and come out the other side? Definitely. Yeah, we uh, so we normally work with businesses that have two plus years of operation or operating data and we're, we're optimizers. Right. So we need to see the financials. We need to see widget calculations. We need to see the outreach plans. We need to see expense reports and so forth. So that the point, the point of entry, you know, how, how an engagement starts is getting some of that data, letting me chew on it, then meeting with whoever the key strategic players are. Again, I, I have clients that are solopreneurs, uh, so I don't need to be with anybody but the CEO. We have clients that are huge, multi-hundred, up over a thousand headcount. So, you know, who I meet with is variable, but it's more so looking at the data, tracking trends, making some assumptions and checking with the strategic players as to whether those assumptions are correct, close to correct, undefined, dead wrong, <laughs> right? Like mm -hmm. whatever it may be, and kind of feeling out the walls of the sandbox that we're going to play in. And in one of the things that I take tremendous pride in is I know who I can help, but I also know who I can't help. And right. uh, some, a good number of people I meet with, I'm like, look, you don't need an advisor. You need X other solve, right? You may need a different, a different solve there. One, one of the things that, um, that I find when I go on, uh, you know, discovery on, uh, on a client, I'll go toward their clubs. I'll go, you know, go through their financials and then, you know, they're quick to say like, well, what do you think? You know, what would you do? And I'm like, I got to tell you, man, like, I got to let this like sink in. It's got to, I got to digest. It might be three o'clock in the morning, like a week from now that I figure out like what this business should be or what you thought it was that it isn't and what you need to focus on. So how do you, you know, articulate that without them thinking that you're onto the next deal, which some people think that I'm on, but I'm not. I just like, I haven't, the aha moment just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I, I tell everybody i am an incumbent thinker so to your point of 3 a.m a week later right i uh i'll put it in there i'll think about it i'll roll it around you know polish that rock a little bit and come out how do i communicate that is is custom solutions right i could make any company look like a, a the average pitch deck from right. you know what i mean but that's the there's so many more qualitative variables like mission, vision, value, 
or whatever the end goal of the founder CEO is, right? Do you want to, do you, is your, is your ultimate realization of this enterprise to take a six month sabbatical in Mykonos? Is it to put your kids through college? Is it to, you know, use charitable exploits in the, in the company to feed a thousand people? I, whatever that is, right? That it takes a long time to fit that to a revenue model, to fit that to an org chart and an expansion plan. And so without those goals, we're just doing vapid mathematics. That's boring and right. silly. And so I communicated in personal values, personal outcome. So, you know, as, as you go on to these projects, you know, there's a lot of consulting firms out there that have, you know, big names and charge big prices, you know, drop, uh, you know, a PowerPoint deck that's, you know, it's formatted beautifully, like it looks awesome. Um, you know, but then they're off to the next deal. So, you know, once you kind of come up with these points of like, this is where you need to take the business. Um, are you guys kind of like fully engaged where you're like, Hey, I'm going to take this. I'm going to turn this into an action plan. I'm going to be kind of like your conciliary for a period of time. And then when I'm ready to leave, you know, we've accomplished our mission. You're going to know, and I'm going to know. And that's when the engagement ends. Uh, something like that. Yeah. I, I firmly believe, and this goes for all other industries as well. Any coach that's worth their salt makes their clients or subscribers or whoever uh, autonomous without them, right? Like if, if, if you always needed your, your, uh, your basketball coach to know how to shoot a free throw, that's not a very good basketball coach, right? Eventually, you know how to shoot a free throw on your own. And so we do kind of put parameters on that at the beginning of the engagement, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty open-ended because who knows how these things walk out um, in, in, in practice. Uh, but yeah, it's, we, one of the big differentiators from the, the, the larger consulting companies that you mentioned is we, we do our proposals and contracts based on scope of work, not on time, because we don't want to say, Hey, this task took me 45 extra minutes. That'll be $200, right? We want We want to figure out what's needed, put a price tag on it, and then do the work. We are we are implementers, and so gotcha. that's that. Having a list of deliverables in the initial proposal, and then making sure that I get those deliverables done, not I work the amount of hours that we agreed on, is a big differentiator uh, in our service versus that of others that I've seen. Gotcha. So, so give us a either you know whether it's an, a name or no name example you know in the uh, in the halo sector of um, you know every project's a, you know an ideal project that you decide to work on but you know give me a, an idea so if somebody's on this uh, uh, audience on this call on this podcast they'll say okay you know I, I've got a similar type of situation whether I'm like uh, twenty studio location I'm trying to put together a franchise disclosure document. Um, you know, I've got 50 franchises. I want to go to a hundred. I kind of hit, you know, my own ceiling of what I could do here. Um, you know, give it vitamin company, give us something. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. My, so my favorite example, there's a, I, I will leave these anonymous just for a uh, good measure, sure. but there, there's an example, uh, large fitness conglomerate, several different brands franchise together. Uh, I work with three of their multi-unit franchisees and all of them have reached the the colloquial ceiling that you have talked mm -hmm. about right okay. you can it, it it's feasible and accessible to expand from one to three to eight to 
15 units. But at some point, almost everybody I've talked to has realized like, man, I am working way too many hours. Nobody signs up to own a business because they're like, please, God, let me work 80 hours a week, right? Like nobody, nobody's begging for that. And those are the people that I help is gotcha. they, they kind of have that, uh, you know, excuse my French, they have that, oh shit moment of like, man, I, I've got, I've purchased the rights to 12 studios. I've opened seven and I don't have another second to give. Um, and I was mm. actually watching a prior, uh, a prior episode of yours uh, of Halo Talks when you said, oh, do you want to go to your kids' Little League games? Do you want your family to be mad at you for missing holidays? Um, and and those, are, those are the people that I can help, the hustlers who have hit their time ceiling and want to yeah. explore. Now, I was, just on the, uh, I was just on a conference call where a guy called says he wants to sell his clubs. I asked him why, and he said, you know, I got a 13-year-old son who's an awesome athlete. I'm not missing it. I'm not missing anything anymore. Um, and that's what I hopefully, you know, this pandemic has done to people is wake up and say, like, what's your priorities? You know, how much money do you need to make? And, you know, what, what do you really what's – your, what's your return on time? You know, it really comes down to that. So, you know, tell us a little bit more on not just you, but, like, what's the size of, the, of Cultivate? Um, you know, what cities are you guys present in? Obviously, everything's kind of, you know, over Zoom and you can, you know, Southwest yourself to anywhere. But, you know, where, where's your strong spots in, in industries, you know, outside of just Halo? Definitely. Yeah. So Cultivate, we have uh, advisors physically located in the U.S. and Canada. There's just under 60 of us. And we have clients on four continents now, which okay. is really exciting. Awesome. We position ourselves as industry agnostic and because each of us has significant time as an entrepreneur in various fields uh the degree of specialization in industry and scale is really varied across our our team but i will say that we tend to be really strong in just about every franchise system the two guys that founded the company dan Grauman and casey clark come from a large franchise system and they modeled the business after franchise support for businesses within and without the franchise umbrella. Gotcha. Uh, as far as industry goes, uh, I think we are most present in professional services, uh, attorneys, CPAs, tax strategy, financial services, uh, and, and so forth. But again, that's tremendously varied based on the gotcha. Uh, our biggest no. our biggest geographic locations are Chicago, Vancouver, Austin, Texas, and Denver. Gotcha. You know, we, just before we, uh, we we close out here, you know, a lot of companies come to us and say, yeah, I'm thinking about converting into a franchise, you know, but I don't want to pay the 6% of revenue, you know, franchise fee. And, you know, I used to kind of look at it and say, okay, what's the P&L look like? How much room do you have? And now I kind of, toggled to the point where I'm like, look, you know, for 6%, you got $10 million of revenue. Now let's just say it's less. Let's say it's $5 million of revenue, 6%, 300 grand. You basically get like 50 people to wake up every day and you're basically, you know, renting their corporate overhead. Now tell me if that 300 grand sounds like a lot of money to have like a CMO, a CFO, a COO, people in the, you know, marketing department, SEO optimization, uh, lead gen, you know, like you can't buy 300 grand. They won't, one, they won't work for you until you couldn't afford it. Three, you'd have, you know, turnover. You have to retrain people. Um, so what's your view just on brands and franchise, 
you know, systems? Oh man, I'll say that franchising sexy from the outside, right? Like a lot, a lot of, uh, kind of startup or small business owners, I find romanticize franchising, right? Cause they think like, Oh, we can turn this into McDonald's, right. And, and go, go global quickly with limited management and responsibility and so forth. Uh, in, to your point, Pete, I think that there are much more substantial barriers to entry than is per than are perceived by the average like small business owner. And the counterpoint, however, is that, I, you know, you look at today more than half of marriages end in divorce, but that doesn't mean marriage is a bad idea, right? It doesn't mean, so it doesn't mean franchising is a bad idea, but it's hard and it's harder than people expect. And it requires on the franchise or side you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, actually yes. managing network. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent agree with that. Yeah. I'm saying if, if you got a great franchisee, it's oh. backed by private equity mm. and um, for a franchisor that's, you know, that provides all the services that they technically say that they're going to provide, mm-hmm. you know, it might be a good idea to be a franchisee or an area developer, but I agree with you. If you get caught in like the wrong 10 year agreement, you know, you just like count the days to, you know, de-identify. Right. Indeed. I got you on that. Yeah. Um, so you're saying my, my advice to somebody who's looking to be like a big, bigger multi-unit franchisee. Right. Instead of like, you know, setting up, you know, Alex's, you know, cycling, mm-hmm. you know, maybe going under, you know, a cycling brand or, you know, you know, Alex's Pilates, you might want to go to Club Pilates, you might want to go to, you know, Solid Core or something like that, you know, it might be beneficial, might not. It's just an interesting question, given, you know, all the different PCI compliance and, you know, cost of marketing and, you know, safety and numbers and brand building, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's an interesting that's going to become more and more of a, of a business decision and, and financial decision, I think, you know, going forward. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. So I, I understand now. And I would root my answer to that question in the personal values and interests of the owner, right? Does the owner want to develop branding? Is the owner really interested in that? Is the owner uh-huh. really interested in, in, in developing a team and, uh, creating internal cohesive messaging and values in an organization or are they looking for a a manual on how to do that are they looking for people to directly do that for them right and so the cost benefit based on want in my opinion is the most important factor there and access to capital everybody you know capital capital is accessible right in various in various stages and elements and scales but more so is it going to suck the life out of you to do this on your own if yes then you should pony up pay a little extra for some support uh and and marginalize your your profit by paying that franchise fee right um fair point and and so again it, it goes back to our methodology and my own beliefs of like custom the person behind it is the person gonna gonna lean into this or run away from it got it so in in closing here give us a uh you know business quote or a word of wisdom or something that uh you know you you typically uh say that people you know remember you for (laughs) um one of my favorite books is called range by david epstein have you read it i'm not awesome book it's about generalism and how that plays across the business landscape and uh, 
he quotes a famous historian called Arnold Toynbee. And the quote is, no tool is omnicompetent. You have to have a, a varying arsenal of tools and you have to be able to know when to use them. His whole book is based on uh, the diminishing returns of specialization hmm. and the benefit of generalism and being able to exist in between the specialists and intuitively plug them and their knowledge in at the appropriate times. Because when you're when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? But you've got to know when to use the hammer and the drill and the saw and so forth. All right. Well, we're specialists, meet generalists. So let's do some business together. Let's do and, it. Uh, let's build the halo sector. And the more entrepreneurs that are successful, the more money that comes in and the more people that uh, change their lifestyle. So it's great talking to you. Look forward to uh, seeing you in person. And uh, yes, yeah, it's good stuff. So look, when you got a, uh, to all the audience out there, when you got a problem and you need it solved, you know, don't think it's just going to pop into your head at three o'clock in the morning. Leave that to us. And, uh, you know, we'll get on, uh, we'll get on it, uh, get you on the right trajectories. Good stuff.